Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, should we start the sucker up? Yeah, let's start yeah. the episode. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. And welcome to another episode of Mystery on the Rocks, the show that takes one part unsolved mystery. Two parts cocktails and three parts fucking awesome people and shakes them up and delivers it to you in a podcast, which has a questionable intro. <laughs> With me, as always, is the fantastic Suze Kempner. Hey, <laughs> And the amazing Chris Stokes. Hello. And, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. He done me. Funny, funny me with voices. That. And I'm We're doing silly voices today. And I'm Masood. <laughs> oh um, my god! Oh, what are we like? Eh? Lazy. A, a re- <laughs> yeah, mine was lazy, lazy actually. If you want to know why we're whispering lazy, mine. get on our Patreon. Oh, Patreon.com yes. slash mystery on the rocks. Yum yum, all new stuff every day. I, um... Where the in jokes <laughs> get stretched very thin. Yeah. <laughs> well, also no. The in jokes get explained. Mm, you yeah. get our origin stories of stuff on Patreon. So go it's join. Like, it's like and watching, you get free stuff. You get like, free T-shirt. Yeah. My T-shirt arrived. I'm not wearing it, but it's like we're watching every single new Spider-Man film. It just keeps retelling the same old <laughs> introduction. Yeah. What are we? Uh, how are we? What are we doing? How? What are we drinking? What are we drinking? I've got a brandy sour. Oh. <laughs> That looks nice. Doesn't it look so cool? It does look very cool. It's brandy, obvs. Mm-hmm. It's veganized, so it's uh, a quaffa bar and not, uh, mm. not an egg white. Um, it's lemon juice, uh, some Angostura bitters, and then it's 15 mil of the syrup from a jar of maraschino cherries. Oh, wow. Ah, that's that a, a good idea. Pinky yeah, yeah. hue, and yeah. there's a little, nice. little cherry in there as well. It's lovely. Oh, very nice. Cherry. Mm-mm. Oh, Chris. My yeah, cherry and more sitting in my whiskey brandy sour. Oops, brandy sour. Sour. <laughs> that happens to me every time. Every now and again, I'll read uh, a children's book, obviously to to Lucy. But sometimes the rhyme and the rhythm doesn't quite match up, and that really fucking winds me up. And you're like, like, you had ages to write this book. You yeah, exactly. Know. And you'll just be like, oh. And then it'll be like something. It just won't. It's stand. like any old shit will do for a kid's book, isn't it? Yeah, and it and won't. It shouldn't like, be like that. Won't. That's the thing. Dudley in a Jam was beautifully written. Absolutely. Do you remember Dudley, Dudley in a Jam? jam? Which, which one's that one? No. I don't think I've read that. Okay, I say Dudley in a Jam because I figured everyone had it as a kid because me and my brother had it. Uh, but what I've discovered is stuff that me and my brother had as little kids 
isn't actually a universal mm. thing for all children. Uh, I really... See also Grape Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Grape Surprise was an invention. <clears throat> but Duddy and the Jam is really good. It's like a little uh, mouse who just makes jam in his house. Yeah. It's good. It was all nicely illustrated. Tried to buy it's it good. as good. a Christmas present for my brother's baby, yeah. for my niece, who's a baby, but eventually she'll be able to join in with Dudley and the Jam. Yeah. It's out of print. And that suggests to me it was not a very famous book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dudley and the Jam was good, though. That's my favourite. And um, uh, also my favourite album as a kid, Christmas with Nat and Dean. He used to play that all year. <laughs> Turns out that's not that famous either. Oh, that's out of print too. <laughs> you can't no, you can still get that, but I've tweeted about it. As in Nat King like, Cole and Dean Martin? Yeah, they did a Christmas album. Oh, yeah. But they yeah. don't sing any duets. They don't do any duets. Oh, it's just them. What? There's none of them together. There's in... none together. They obviously were like, we <clears throat> don't want to sing together. Also, I'm thinking it might be a compilation album yeah. based on oh, two of their albums. Yes. But it's got like, all the Nat King Cole songs are better than the D. Martin songs. D. Martin does the more character-based stuff, whereas Nat King Cole sings like, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. But he sings it with so much meaning. Yeah. Whereas uh, D. Martin's doing stuff like, Oh, I'm the happiest Christmas tree. Oh, 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 he, he, he. Here I'm laughing happily. We hated the happiest Christmas tree. Uh, but I really like Nat King Cole's songs. And he does Oh, Holy Night. And it's, it's fucking beautiful, man. It's such a good one. I'm not a religious person, but I like him doing them hymns. So there you go. That's, that was, those are your two. But I, I know, like, I am, um, what is it? Don't cut any of that. I, <laughs> it's I, all good. There's some. I awesome, can't even remember how it relates to what we were talking about. We're talking about kids. It's books. like just kids' books. I think oh, yeah. you get an insight sometimes into the, the author. So, like, Jill Murphy, who, who's written a few. I remember that. What, what hers one? Hers so hers ones. are like, uh, Whatever Next, which is like about a bear who goes on a little, like, space trip to the moon. And, whatever next. <laughs> um, whatever next. And, um, <laughs> Fucking, there's another one, what's it? There's one of them in particular where it's like, it's an elephant mum and she's got three kids and she's like, oh, I just want five minutes peace. I think it's Five called... minutes peace? Yes. Do you remember five minutes peace, Chris? Mm-mm. Yeah. That's from when we were kids. You and, must remember. And the thing is... Five minutes peace. There's a bit where she's in the bath yeah. going, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, basically, and they all get in the bath. And I'm sort of reading it and I'm like, I get the impression Jill Murphy doesn't like her children. <laughs> it just feels... Five so... minutes peace. Yeah. She just sort of is always trying to escape them and read the newspaper and they all come in they're like, I want to show you this thing. And like, to be fair, her kids are annoying. But <laughs> Yeah, they're, chi- they're pieces of shit, man. But at the same and, time... And you know, yeah. her husband left her recently for her mate. There's, no, there's not, a, not a whisper of him is there in that whole book she's trying not, not to badmouth him to the kids she's, cause she's I a good can't wait for hard. the legacy sequel of Five, Five Minutes Peace <laughs> called Free, called Free Dead Kids <laughs> <laughs> a very long divorce yeah. <laughs> it's a... what's on the last page she's like maybe if your, your dad wasn't in Tampa with his secretary <laughs> <laughs> isn't it his weekend why are you here I want to back <laughs> Five minutes, please. Um, anyway, yeah. What are you drinking, Sue? How's your brandy sour, Chris? Yeah, oh, it's. Um, I mean, it's gone. It, it absolutely. <laughs> he drank it. He finished it while we were monologuing. <laughs> absolutely delicious. Mm. Mm. It looked nice. What you got, yeah. Sue? Look at the color oh, of this. Wow, very it's the color nice. of iron brew, isn't it? But, yeah. But like Chris said, it's a very cocktail color when I showed him it. That is very, that's the, that's the sort of thing. If I went to a bar and they had that, like a picture of that, I'd be like, yeah, mm. I love that. So what I've done is I've put one part, I bought a new whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's called 
filthy smoke. Ooh. And it's it's one of those ones, you know, like um, dirty fries. Yes. You ordered dirty fries. Yeah. And on the menu, it's like, these fries are fucking disgusting. <laughs> They're absolutely foul. Eat them up. They're gross. Yeah. That's what this whiskey is like. It's uh, described as like, <clears throat> it's like pure mud. And I went, I'm in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was on offer and I was in. Uh, so I've put like one part of that, uh, one part a new chocolate rum I got mm-hmm. from, which I think is called Project 173 Rum. I'll have to look it up. But they do different flavours and they do a chocolate one. 40%. So one part of that, one part of the whiskey, and then just like a little uh, of Grand Marnier. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know how to, yeah. spell, know how to spell it. Uh, <laughs> I, I... A little, um, <clears throat> a, just like a, a jizz of it. It's like that's a, a bit old fashioned, isn't it? What the jizz or oh, <laughs> orangey, yeah. orangey bit whiskey? Old putting jizz. Orangey whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've called it a suitcase of booze ah. after our dear government. Okay, I'm gonna taste it. Mm. Mm. It's very nice. It's very strong. Yeah. Because uh, all of those things, like Grand Marnier, is forty percent as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's very. What is it? I think it is. It's quite strong. That that filthy smoke whiskey is. Um, one of the strongest, most intense flavors I've of had it. in a booze. This, but the, the whiskey's very strong. Grand Marnier, very strong. I think it was sensible to only put a jizz in. And the chocolate <laughs> rum measurement. is. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate rum literally tastes like. Remember Christmas tree chocolates with liqueur in the middle? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, ta- it just tastes like you've bitten one of those and you're going, um, um. Oh. It's so. Uh-uh. It's so rich. It's. Mm, that's really nice, but it's like. When I sipper. say it's a sipper, yeah. I don't think I could down it, and I'm not going to try. Whoa, it. whoa, that's definitely a sipper. I thought, I thought for a second you were going to. I can't down it, and then you were going to proceed to down it, and then the, However, the, the episode plug, would just. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> I was going to say that is such a weird uh, marketing ploy. The thing of like, these chips are filthy. Blah. You'd have to be yeah. a disgusting <laughs> piece of shit to want to eat yeah, these. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you oh. should. You you must be some kind of filthy pervert if you drink these. If you eat eat, these, I'm going to look up filthy smoke whiskey and I'll read you out the description of it. I bought, I got it. I started buying all my booze from Master of Malt. Oh yes, they're good. good They're pretty good, aren't they? All right, here we go. Um, Different people like a lot of different qualities in their whiskey. Perhaps you know someone who likes honeyed spaciders. Do you say it? Yeah. Or grassy lowland single malts. However, what you've done here is click on a whiskey called Filthy Smoke. So there's a chance you like to have a certain muckiness. And we're hoping that was what this one is all about. If so, you're in luck. This is a 10-year-old Islay single malt. Isla. Isla. What are you drinking, Masood? So this is, we had some, some leftover mango lager, which is like, <laughs> uh, I think Brewdog does it. And that sounds so fun. Yeah, the mango pills, mango and guava pilsner. Mm. And uh, that's silly. And um, so I was like, oh, well, mango and chili goes well together. So I've sort of made like a michelada ah, with mango yeah. lager, uh, with like like a chili salt rim. You've made like mango chutney in a curry house. Essentially, yeah, I've made a mango chutney drink. <laughs> um, huh. And it what's is, the rim? Uh, it's um, salt, but like and um, chili powder. Ooh. And it is mm. fucking nice. It's really nice. Like, I can't stop wow. drinking it. Um, is it. So hang on a, a minute. Zipper? So it's Lost Lager. What else is in there? Tomato juice and like the standard kind of like, oh, okay. um, what is it like? That does sound good. A little bit of pepper, yeah, a little bit of salt, really Worcestershire sauce. I was going to make like a savoury 
spicy drink, mm. but I had mm. a uh, I had quite a spicy dinner, so I was like, ah, I don't want so you... I don't want spicy uh, drink after that. What are you uh, what what are you what are you calling your mango michelada? Um, I'm not sure what to call. I haven't actually I didn't actually think of a name yet. Although I like the mango chutney angle. A brick lane? How about that? <laughs> ah, oh, that, very yeah. good. That is good. Yeah. What about mango? Ooh. Mango. Ooh. Lazy. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about this yeah, week? Is we... it Nazis? It's actually not. And oh, I will... it's and not Nazis. It's not. No, we're did, gonna get back they... to them. They haven't oh, gone anywhere. Yay! Yeah, they're, they're they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Could you imagine boys. if we were like, hey everybody, we're, we're doing a, a special themed season. It's Nazis. Uh, it's a load of load of disparate stuff up until these episodes, and then it's Nazis from here on oh, out. No, yeah, <laughs> We're like, the, yeah. hey, oh, is anyone else burning up a little? I guess I've got Nazi fever. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is one that I don't really know that much about, mm. but I I don't know. It feels like it feels like we can't miss him out. So when I was doing mm-hmm. um, when I was doing, oh, how are we going to do this season? Mm-hmm. I'm like. What could there possibly be? This flagged up and I never heard of it before. Do you know who Wallace Fard Muhammad is? No. no I've never heard of Wallace Fard well, Muhammad. Is he the guy who hung out with that plasticine dog? <laughs> <laughs> they went to the moon, which they thought was made of cheese. Uh... They had a real run-in with a fucking penguin yeah. that was a nightmare. I bet there are some people out there that are like, his name is fucking Gromit, right? You don't call him a plasticine, <laughs> plasticine fucking dog. How fucking dare you? Uh, there's just there's more personality in that lump of plasticine than there is in your fucking. Then there's in all three of you, you yeah. fucking nerds. Oh well, I hope they don't listen to the show. Um... Do you know many words you've all said collectively since your first episode in those three years? Too many. Do you know many words Gromit's ever said? None. Zero. You well, he didn't need to talk. It was all in knees, and they're pointing at eyes. Oh, yeah, hey. All in his little plasticine eyes. Too long didn't read. Wallace Fard Muhammad is not the guy that hangs around with the plasticine dog. <laughs> ah, yes. Wallace Fard Muhammad was the founder of the Nation of Islam. Oh. Mm, You've wow. all heard of the Nation of Islam, right? Of course, of course. Muhammad no. Ali. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Religious and political organisation, which was founded in America, was founded in the States by Wallace in 1930. Mm. It's, it's still going it identifies itself as a, a promoting a form of Islam but it has a slightly different belief system from mainstream Islam mm. Mm. yes some people have accused it of being a black supremacist hate group oh uh, I have heard this mm. yeah and then I promotes racial prejudice towards white people apparently it also promotes anti-semitism and anti-LGBT rhetoric well as far as like prejudice towards white people why would they have a problem with us <laughs> what have we ever done I mean, it's, yeah it seems like you guys are pretty much high and clear hey, in yeah, terms Masood, of what, 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 can you answer that question for us please? yeah um, wow i mean it's a long it's a long old, long old question really chris uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, lot of ins and outs tell me tell me what i did <laughs> so it was founded in detroit by wallace hmm. who which one of you said that it was muhammad ali me. Yeah, so Muhammad Ali became a member, as yes. did Malcolm X. Yes, they were yes, both. Yes, Malcolm yes. X. Didn't Michael Jackson have something to do with... Did he? Oh, no, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one. I swear one. <laughs> he had something to do with Nation of Islam. Michael Jackson? Yeah. But campaigns for the creation of an independent African-American nation state 
from America. Mm. Yeah. And it caused for African Americans to be economically self-sufficient and separatist. A millenarium, which is the belief by a religious, social, or political group of movement in a coming fundamental transformation in society after which all things will be changed. Okay. So okay. it believes in this big thing that will happen and then the world will change. It maintains, apparently, that the current Allah will soon arrive aboard a spaceship to wipe out the white race and establish a utopia. I like that you would ah. arrive on a spaceship yeah. and also, like, honestly, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> We're a pain in the arse. He's like, all right, we've been watching from space. And uh, yeah. these white guys, they got to go. They got to go. I'm so sorry. But 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 Allah, my, my wife is white. Well, you should have thought about that before you came. <laughs> Come on now. Should have thought about that before you joined the Nation of Islam. Islam. Now get off my spaceship. <laughs> uh, the Nation teaches that there have been a succession of mortal gods, all of whom were black men named Allah. Mm-hmm. And it says right. that the first Allah created the earliest humans who were dark-skinned and possessed inner divinity and from whom all people of colour are descended. And then a scientist, okay. a scientist named Jacob created the white race who lacked inner divinity and because whites were intrinsically violent, they overthrew the original tribe of Shabazz and became globally dominant. Okay, huh. so this is like their um, origin story. Yes. Yeah. There's uh, a, I mean, gotcha. Which one is it? I think it's... A um, scientist, a bad scientist made white people. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Uh, well, you know. There's a, I forget which <laughs> I think it's, it's a section of, subsection of Christianity. I can't remember exactly which one, but it's one in which they talk about the creation of, 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 every, of people. But they say that black people were created because they were indecisive as to whether to choose Jesus or the devil for to, to follow and so like um yes yeah, so like, and they're like mm. they're like well they, yes like, they were cursed to be born with black skin due to their indecisiveness <laughs> and they're like, they're like what oh my god that's terrible hey yeah Indes- <laughs> i love that as well because that's not a stereotype that exists like you know black people they're so they're indecisive. so indecisive no <laughs> we're, stereotype. We're, we're pretty sure we're sure we're late <laughs> all of the time that's <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the only thing we're indecisive about is that's when we're supposed to get there that's the only time that's the only thing <laughs> <laughs> me, me in a comedy club going, he's right, yeah. he's right. And I get dragged away like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, I did a racist. Definitely doing that. Like, <laughs> I did a racist. And then everyone's like, <gasps> I did a racism. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he said it. And like, Suze, that's worse. <laughs> so, yes, Chris. Okay, man. yeah. So why the fuck are we talking about Wallace Fard Muhammad? Yeah, what's the mystery? Yeah, well, exactly. The mystery exactly. is kind of twofold. Oh. So... I'll start with this other one. No one knows when he was born. Ah. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's okay. <laughs> the Nation of Islam actually celebrates it as... Because he's the founder. Mm. Obviously, they sort of like revere him. The Nation of Islam marks it, I think, as February the 26th, 1887. But there are other dates attributed to him that include 1891 or mm. 1893. Okay. Mm. It's really hard because of this. To have an idea of who he is, where he came from, and whether like, how you trace his history. Right. He was the Russell Kane of religion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one really knows when he was uh, born. Well, yeah. So there's that. There's a mystery about him and his past in that respect. So he sort of just but appears the, and then goes like, "Hey, I've got this religion, everyone." Either way, we'll, we'll get into this. But mm-hmm. the the second part of the mystery, which is why it's twofold, is he vanished from public record in 1934. What? Oh, really? But you could still do that. In essence, to oversimplify it, comes from nowhere and vanishes. Ah.
mean, this has the air of like a kind of religious uh, figurehead, you know, Jesus type deal. Which is like, hey, who, where is he from? Although we all know when Jesus was born, but this is like, he's dead. <laughs> is he though? Whoa. <laughs> no, he's definitely dead. He got hung up on a cross and that. <laughs> yeah, he's probably not. Just think, guys, if Jesus hadn't been crucified, he'd still be alive today. <laughs> Working in Wilco. <laughs> <laughs> doing the lord's work i i said that about uh alexander hamilton yeah when i saw hamilton like sad to think that if aaron burr hadn't shot alexander hamilton he'd still be alive today, today. doing good doing good <laughs> working in a radio shack and then after he gets fired from there because radio shack doesn't exist anymore <laughs> he works in a fucking curries <laughs> video killed the radio shack do you know what the annual event for the nation of Islam is so like, almost like a sort they of celebrate they type. celebrate um, they celebrate Fahd Muhammad's birth. This is why oh, they claim right. it to be February. The oh, so they don't have like the Islam holidays. Oh, they uh, they um, they I, I mean they, they might do. do, but they do have okay. a um, they celebrate they very very small numbers worldwide. The nation of Islam. Okay. So mm, estimated, really? yeah, have a guess. I'd say about um, ten thousand. That seems that's I small more, for an organised Because I think that's about what Scientology has, and their numbers are plummeting. So I reckon like 50,000. Uh, okay, so it's anywhere between twenty and 50,000. Okay. Oh, okay, right, right. That's, yeah, that is low. That's pretty low for a, a large like, a religion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they call their annual event, get ready to think of Cliff Richard, they call it Saviour's Day. Hey, the Saviour's Day. <laughs> <laughs> they just play that on a loop the whole day. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, I won't be doing a song for this episode. Uh, <laughs> I had, a, I thought about it. Then when you said what the title was, I went, nope. nope. You could, you could do Saviour's Day. Just sing that. You could do sing Saviour's Day. <laughs> we should just play a bit of Saviour's Day at the end of the podcast. <laughs> is that what their day is called? I mean, it's yeah, like, it's does Saviour's what it says day. on the tin. It's got Ron Seal. February 26th, because that's when they... Um, Think he may have been born. They mark his birth as their birth. Oh, okay. okay. Right. So you've got that as a, a as a possible birth date. Mm. Gotcha. And so because he's so sort of like shrouded in mystery, a guy called Erdman Doane Bainon, in 1938, he published a first-hand account of several interviews he'd conducted with followers of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, now, this is 1938, so this is four years after Fard vanished. And he vanished? Well, yeah, he disappeared from public record. Yeah. yeah. From these interviews... He wrote that Fard had lived and taught in Detroit from 1930 to 1934. He came to the homes of black families who had recently migrated to Detroit from the rural south. He began by selling silks door to door, telling his listeners that the silks came from their ancestral homeland. And then at his suggestion, he came back to teach the residents along with guests and then started. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah, that's a hard sell selling silk. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't I've, when was the last time you bought silk? I haven't bought it in years. But it's yeah, I my mean, door. I own some silk items, but like. It's been a while since I bought a meter of silk. Yeah, like that's a, that's a meter, a meter of silk. And then after you go, what yeah. the fuck am I going to do with this now? I've got a meter right, of silk. Great, I've got all this fucking silk. I just felt um, bad for the guy. I had to. <laughs> to begin with, he used the Bible as his textbook because it was oh. the only religious book with which the majority of his, the people that were, he was tell, he was talking to were familiar with. Okay. So, uh, but what, he started, so he wouldn't use the Quran. So he built up a reputation. He became yeah. he became much more outspoken in like denouncing white people, mm. and then he be, as an extension of that he started attacking the Bible, and it, to the extent that the 
that the people he was talking to and they were listening to him to speak would it would shock them so much and bring them to an emotional crisis. Well, yeah. Wow. Imagine that someone comes to your house like we only we only invite him in because he said he was selling silk, and now he's selling the Bible's a piece of shit. It's it like fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> the followers who were interviewed in this article passed on reports that his message spread throughout the black community. Attendance at house meetings grew and grew and grew and grew and grew until listeners were divided into groups and they were taught in shifts. Whoa. Oh. Then okay. they started contributing money. They rented a hall to serve as a temple where meetings were conducted. And then the Quran was introduced as like of all of the texts of like faith texts, the most authoritative. Mm. And then he prepared texts that became he'd, he'd say bits from the Quran and they become memorized verbatim by the by his followers. Yeah, right. There was tension between the new community and the police because the group's refusal to send their children to public schools meant that the police started to intervene and be like, your kids have got to be educated. Yeah, right. But I'm not sure whether that wouldn't happen now because people can homeschool. Oh, yeah. One member of the group in this initial batch of interviews in 1938, he was later declared mentally insane. Oh. He allegedly participated in human sacrifice in 1932 in an effort to follow lessons regarding the sacrifice of devils. This drew police attention and contributed to persecutions and schisms within the community. And then Fard named his community Nation of Islam. Increase in membership was rapid. He, institu- he instituted a formal organisational structure. He established the University of Islam, where oh. the children could be taught right. rather than in public schools. Okay. He established right. the Muslim Girls Training and General Civilization class, where women were taught to how to uh, keep their houses clean and cook, you know, important stuff. Yeah, good. <laughs> Come on, ladies. <laughs> The men of the organisation were drilled by captains and referred to as the fruit of Islam, and then the entire movement was placed under a minister of Islam. Right. Mm-hmm. This seems to have so little to do with Islam. Yes. It's, it's, more, of, it's, it's more like a court of personality. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. According to Bainan, who had written this article, at this point, Fard's followers grew to like approximately 8,000. Mm-hmm. Within three years, the Prophet not only began the movement, but organised it so well that he himself was able to recede into the background appearing almost never to his followers during the final oh, months. Oh, like that dude um, in Wild Wild Country. He just fucking yeah. Oh, yeah. Just zips into the background and then shows up occasionally mm. and goes like, everybody is <laughs> and then like, fucks off for a bit. Like, <laughs> is that what he's, there's, 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 like a, there's like a YouTube clip that keeps coming up where he just says that and it was like, fucking hell, what? <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. I like it when you've got like one weird out of context clip of oh, something. Oh, like, There's thing. that clip from Barack Obama's audiobook where I think he's like quoting his dad, yeah. but he goes, he says something like, there's white people and then there's ignorant motherfuckers like you. <laughs> it's, it's just Barack Obama saying it in his audiobook, yeah. and people are always posting it. That's so good. And they're ignorant motherfuckers <laughs> like you. <laughs> it just, I love how it just takes a life of its own then. Yeah, yeah. Um, we used to have this really dumb joke because in, uh, in the show, Wild Country, I'd be like, uh, it sounded like he was gearing up to say, um, and for the first time in history... It's gonna start raining men, <laughs> and we just keep making that joke over and over because it, it totally sounded like he was about to say that next. I was like, "Fuck it!" Such a shame he didn't. <laughs> he, th- this guy interviewed about two hundred families who followed. Shit! Fard. Wow. And this right. is a, this, this is a, this quote is verbatim in the in in what he'd written. Yeah. Although the prophet lived in Detroit from July the fourth, nineteen thirty, until June the thirtieth, nineteen thirty four. Virtually nothing is known about him, save that he yeah. came from the East and that he called... It, he doesn't say black people. He uses a, a horrible word. Oh, yes. um, 
uh, of North what, America to the enter. N-word? Yeah, with the E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He substituted the black people of North America to enter the nation of Islam. His very name is uncertain. He was known usually as Mr. Wally Farad or Mr. W.D. Fard, though he used used the following names. Professor Ford, Mr. Farad Mohammed, Mr. F. Mohammed Ali. One of the few survivors who heard his first addresses. Few survivors who heard his first addresses. Oh, wow. I guess, no, because it's quite a long time ago. 1930, I guess. Yeah, but this was written in 1938. The few survivors. Oh, that is weird. Everyone died. <laughs> yeah, that's super weird. Of the few survivors that heard his first, uh, uh, one of the few survivors who heard his f- first addresses states that he himself said, "My name is W. D. Fard, and I come from the holy city of Mecca." More right. about myself, I will not tell you yet, for the time has not yet come. I am your brother. You have not yet seen me in my royal robes. Legends soon sprang up about this mysterious personality. Was he from Mecca? Because I thought, he, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, it's a black... Yeah, guy. that's what I thought uh, as well. Uh, yeah. You, okay, at this point, Google him. Okay. okay. Oh, then... now we've had to find out if me and Masood oh, yeah. want to have it yeah. off. Well, how are we spelling um, again? Okay. P- Wallace, as in W-A-L-L-A-C-E. Yeah. Fard, F-A-R-D, Mohammed, M-U-H-A-M-M-B. Oh, yeah. There he is. Oh, no, he's... Oh, Yeah. That's I don't know why Asian I thought guy. he was a... I just assumed he was a... Uh, yeah, guy. he's not African-American, yeah. basically. No. Do you know who's African-American? Charlize Theron. <laughs> 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 she's from South Africa. She's got an American passport. African-American. That, <laughs> that sounds like something like a, 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 hick, a hick would say. Would say yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, it's African-American. She's technically African-American. You can't say otherwise. <laughs> this is like pedantic, horrible cow going, she's African-American. Is that what you mean? <laughs> It's no, it's not. No, I don't know why it's such a big problem. I just well, <laughs> do, you, do you see that? You know, that girl Anya Taylor Joy, I think, is her yeah. name from uh, Queen's Gambit. She was in Queen's Gambit, yeah, she's really good. She is Argentinian, um, but she's obviously a white blonde mm. woman. And when she was either nominated or won her Golden Globe, they said, uh, Oh, she's one of the first women of colour to win in this category. And she went, I'm white. (laughs) (laughs) But like, she's still got loads of shit. People going like, she's pretending she's a woman of colour. And she was like, no, No. I'm not. That's so bad. (laughs) This silly publication said like, oh, because just because she's from Argentina. She took a role in Peaky Blinders. Did she? After after she needed to as well. Mm. Ah! And it's such a small part, but she mm. took it because she loves the show. Oh, How interesting, cool. right? Honestly, it's one of those things. I was, it's one of the latest seasons, like the most recent one, I think. Mm. She shows up in it and you go, oh my God, that's Anya Taylor-Joy. And she's hardly in it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, because oh, yeah. she's got a super distinctive face as well. So it's not like and she, you yeah, can and she's disappear. Hardly, she's hardly in it. And then, you're like, and then when weird. she shows up again, you're like, oh yeah, she's yeah. in it. Wow. It's like, yeah, it's like it's. I quite like, when but then like they get people like Adrian Brody and Sam Neill. Mm. Oh yeah, I like when like mm. when Adrian Brody shows up in Succession. He shows up for like uh, like yeah. like thirty seconds of an episode. You're like, oh brilliant, <laughs> he's in it. Yeah, for like a minute. I really Never thought when he back. showed yeah. up, I went, oh cool, he's going to be in yeah, the same. whole series. And, like, nope. and then he didn't even go to Kendall's. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. About this, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I was Fuck about yeah. to say, yeah. let's hear more about the human sacrifice. <laughs> so, on 1932, November 20th, James J. Smith, he was killed by Robert Harris, who was his roommate and also a member of the Nation of Islam, on a makeshift okay. altar in what was described as human sacrifice. Jesus. Harris had attended meetings of the Detroit chapter of the Nation of Islam where he was, he was, he was given the name, Robert Harris was given the name Robert Carrion, because this is what Fard would do, he would sell people. Islamic names. Oh right, That's, something oh. feels slightly um, unethical about that. It's but... Like like that. Um, Bob Mortimer on his Twitter, he's like, uh, he like say name for a goldfish, and he'll say like Christian boob. <laughs> eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> he's always tweeting stuff like that. So that's what this guy yeah. was doing. I feel there's something uh, something that makes me slightly uneasy that he's selling names. That's just me though. I mean, it's probably. Mm. So Robert, Carrie M. formerly Harris, he said that he'd killed James J. Smith because he was influenced by the group. So Fard, and then another like higher up, not as high as Fard, obviously he was the founder, another leader called uh, Eugen Ali, mm. they were arrested and they were questioned. And then Ali was quoted in the Detroit News uh, in 1932 that said, the society cannot be blamed for anything he did. Harris had no standing in the order and was not regarded as a leader. Many people avoided him because of the wild things he sometimes said. Harris was later declared insane, oh. pleaded guilty and was imprisoned and Fard and Ali were released. Ah, so, okay. Wow. Hmm. So they, they sort of went, oh, he's, it's not really our deal. We don't do the human sacrifice thing. That's, that's, we're strictly non-human yeah. I mean, sacrifice. I mean, to be fair, that is, that is a good defense. We don't do human sacrifice. It's 1932. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If you saw us in 1832, woo! We were human sacrificing all over the place. There was <laughs> yeah. that, right? Anyway, so people have tried to trace this uh, mysterious man's past. Yes. In 1978, a journalist for the Washington Post called Carl Evans. Now, I don't think you're going to enjoy how Carl Evans spells his surname. Oh, is it with a Z? <laughs> it's with two Zs. No, it isn't. That's ridiculous. I... Charles. Oh. Evans. There's a bit in Dudley in a jam where he's asleep and it's got Zs above his ah, head. Classic Zs. That's what that reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's Carl Evans. <laughs> he submitted a Freedom of Information Act to the FBI in 1978 requesting their file on FARD. Mm. Yeah, because the FBI were quite big into uh, re- like keeping tabs on uh, the Nation of Islam, uh, those guys, weren't they? Because I know that um, Tupac's mum was... Maybe because he was selling that's names. That's probably it. He's selling names. That's it. That's illegal. Because um, I know you can't sell a name. Tupac's mother wasn't she part of the later 
Yeah, I oh, think, I really? Think so. I, could be, I could be completely getting that. It's amazing, isn't it? It kept going. He was... He was essentially disappeared four years after its formation. Yeah, but it, it's kept, yeah. yeah. And then Tupac's mum was in it. Right. Tupac's yeah. mum. I'm pretty sure she was because they were pretty. Oh, no, she was a Black Panther member. Sorry. Oh, OK, OK. So that's my Different. mistake. Uh, but yes. Uh, again, like I said, I, I don't, to my shame, I don't know enough about the Nation of Islam as possibly I should. But if it has 20 to 50,000 members worldwide, it's not. We're not going to be taught it in RE. No. <laughs> no. So it's been criticised by people in both the black community and non-black community yes. as well. Right. Uh, it's been repeatedly accused of stirring up racial hatred against white oh, people. Oh, okay. And it has been called a hate group by African-American civil rights activists. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Now, th- I mean, listen, whenever anybody is accused of being racist to white people. <laughs> I always take that with a grain of salt. Pinch of salt, yeah, but bloody hell. It's been called a hate group by African American civil rights activists. Oh, okay. As well even uh, uh, including by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, in a speech in 1993 at Keene College, the Nation of Islam representative Khalid Abdul Mohammed stated that white South Africans should be given 24 hours to leave their country and all of those whites who were still in South Africa after that point should be killed. Fuck it out. <laughs> Jesus, that's extreme. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can almost see the logic. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> been... <laughs> there was some real bad stuff went on yeah. there. But it's kind of like, mate, that's not... That's not that's how we not solve it. That's not how we, yeah. Can't, yeah, it's not how, it's not how it's done. It, yeah, but I mean, like, if you, I suppose if you're that angry and... Like, yeah, it, it's not been that long. Since. When did apartheid end? Because Mandela was like ninety. Yeah, it was very. Yeah, or even ninety. I thought it was nineteen ninety. I could be wrong. Okay, maybe. But like, it's not that long after apartheid. You're gonna, you're gonna be furious. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been accused of anti-LGBT rhetoric, and it's been okay. accused of anti-Semitism. Not like other religions. It has denied that though. Mm. Well, I'm sure. Sure. It'd be like, it, oh no. We're not, we're not anti any of that stuff. We have a school. We teach women how to cook. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's not really. Uh, <laughs> It's not really your defence. Um, <laughs> accusations of anti-Semitism were levelled at Malcolm X. Yes. Um, oh, right. were they? Right. Yeah, and another higher-up called Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, don't do that, but white people do so. <laughs> uh, Louis Farrakhan. He re-established the Nation of Islam in 1977. So oh, Farrakhan okay. like, sort of like, rebuilt it up in 1977. He said that... Judaism was a dirty religion and Adolf Hitler was a very great oh man. God. Ah, God. shit. Germany up from nothing. Yeah, that guy yeah, sucks. Yeah, he's not a good lad. In that same 1993 speech at King College, Khalid Mohammed, he got very pun-happy. No. Right. Sounds like I'd hate him. I mean, I hate him already. But... Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> listen, Masood, if you laugh Fucking at any of these puns... puns. I mean, I'm, it's a hate then crime. I think you might be it's a hate crime. What? He was doing funny little puns at, at a service. He did hate speech puns. So get this. Oh, Jesus. He referred to the United Nations in New York City. Oh. <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> 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 it's, really, it's really shit. It's just really shit. You can just see him there going, more like New York City. You're like, oh, shut up, you idiot. And, and people like uncomfortably <laughs> laughing because they're like, we should have... Apparently Steve Jobs was supposed to come, but uh, we got this fucking... <laughs> he apparently stated that the Jewish people deserved Hitler. No, that's got a that's good not. pun. <laughs> that's not, that's not even... No, it doesn't, it doesn't work, does it? Crap pun. The health minister, the Nation of Islam health minister, Abdul Alim Mohammed, accused Jewish doctors of injecting black people with the AIDS virus. Oh, in... Jesus. Wow. Well, that's more that's more homophobic, yeah, that's, isn't yeah. it? Because, yeah. uh, but also Jewish was... doctors. Yeah, yeah. Why, why specifically Jewish doctors? Yes. Yeah, um, it's homophobia mixed with anti-Semitism. It's like, oh, put them all together. In 2020, 
Ishmael Mohammed, who will come on to who his dad was in a bit. Oh, he's the uh, guy who hunted Ishmael Moby Dick. Mohammed. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> uh, he claimed, a fucking white whale, kill it. <laughs> that, that was racist, but it was also very literary. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It was well. It was a well-read joke. exactly the sort of stuff you can joke. expect on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Probably have to cut it, Well, I'm not, it, definitely not putting good. it out in the usual channels. <laughs> um... Maybe we've bitten off more than we can chew with this episode. I don't know. Uh, I've only uh, drunk more than I should drink. In 2020, Ishmael Mohammed claimed that Jewish people were receiving different vaccines for COVID-19 from other people. No. Oh, for fuck's sake. The no. Nation of Islam in 1991 published an anonymously authored book, The Secret Relationships Between Blacks and Jews. Oh, dear. What? It's about our podcast. <laughs> oh, <you. laughs> Not Chris sitting in the car while being pursued. Got bang old historical historical dudes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that book generated controversy, who'd have thought? Oh. It argued that Jews had yeah. a disproportionately high level involvement in the Atlantic slave trade. Mm. Right, okay. But did they have citations for yeah. this? Probably not. So Farrakhan was referred to by, uh, as the Black Hitler. Right. Oh, don't do that no. either, though. That's, that's really, not, it's that's kind of like. Great. Just say the guy's um, anti-Semitic yeah. or homophobic. Don't like go, he's like black Hitler because unless he killed six million Jews. He's not. He's not, <laughs> he's is Absolutely he? not. Yeah. There's... Unless he ran a country. So, no, he didn't do any yeah. of these things. Um, this is what sort of like the top lines of the uh, Nation of Islam and it is focusing very much on the, the controversy. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But uh, even early on, it did seem to be it, did, it didn't seem, judging by this and what I've read, didn't seem to be like a uh, a step forward for equality. Mm. No. And it seemed to be a con on the black community. Okay. Because if you think about it, he might be African-American because we don't know anything about him. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to reek of a guy who's sort of like conning people into paying him money. Yeah. I mean, the name, that's probably why the name thing shook me as a little bit like isn't this whole like yeah. so if we're yeah. supposed to be coming together as a religion why am i buying a name off you so mm. um evans has yeah. put in that freedom of information act in 1978 to the fbi and then he kind of like pieced together sort of an account based on declassified portion of the fbi file that he received a decade after his request Shit. so 1988 the late 80s he got this uh he got this file right. he detailed the experience of other authors who also based their accounts of Far's life on the FBI file, so this FBI file you can kind of like piece together maybe a kind of background. Yeah. So mm. he said that Fard used the name Fred Dodd. Fred Dodd married a woman oh. called Pearl Allen in uh, Oregon. In you sure it wasn't in fucking Butlins they got married? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> On May the 9th, 1914, apparently he married Pearl Allen under the name Fred Dodd, uh, and their first child was born the following year. Then Dodd, let's call him Dodd for now, because that's the name that Mm -hmm. uh, Evans is positive. Uh, Dodd left the family in 1960, moved to LA, and then used the name Wally Dodford. There is a World War I draft registration card for Wally Dodford from 1917, indicating that he was living in Los Angeles, he was unmarried, he was a restaurant owner, and that he'd been born in Afghanistan. 
1893, but still February 26th. Mm. But he was married, wasn't okay. he? So he said he wasn't what, for the draft. But no, 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 under a different oh, right. name. Oh, yes, he was yeah. married under the name oh, Fred Dodd. Right. Dodd Sorry, left yeah. the family in 1916 oh, yeah. and moved to Los oh, yeah. Angeles Sorry. using the name Wally Dodd oh, Ford. Yes. And it's under the name Wally Dodd Ford that the draft card oh. exists. He further reported that he was a resident alien and a citizen of Afghanistan. He was described as medium height with uh, brown eyes, black hair, and on the draft card, Ford is written in parentheses in a different handwriting. Mm. At the bottom of the card, he signed his name as Wally Dodd Ford. As of 1920, he was still living in Los Angeles as 26-year-old Wally D. Ford because he was born in, according to the draft card, 1894. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And he was living there with his 25-year-old wife, Hazel E. Ford. There was a census in 1920 where his race was reported as white. Uh-huh. His occupation as a proprietor of a restaurant, so that's still, that's still right, yeah. and that his and that his place of birth was New Zealand. Oh, huh. He provided no known place of birth for his parents, or when he had arrived in the United States. I mean, you could just do that then, couldn't you? Because there's no computers. You could just fuck around. Well, yeah, it's like the it's like um, uh, William Desmond Taylor, yeah, yeah. who's sort of like cropped yes. up in movies after he left his family. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so right. Weird. Yeah, he just shows up. Yeah, <laughs> just like his ex-wife going. Hang oh, on a minute, that's my it's fucking him. husband. Yeah. <laughs> there's yet another marriage certificate. This time dated 1924. That was issued to the same name, Wally Dodd Ford, but this time to a Carmen Trevino. God, he can't keep it in uh, his pants, can he? He just keeps getting married all yeah. over the shop. I just want to marry. <laughs> This marriage certificate was issued in uh, California, in Santa Santa Ana. But bearing in mind, Los Angeles is also in California, yeah. so that's not too far to go. Mm. Uh, Ford reported that he was a he was a chef, age twenty six. Again, twenty six in eighteen twenty four. Yeah. So this now puts him in eighteen ninety eight okay. as a yeah. date of birth. Yeah, nineteen twenty four. Yeah. But this time he was born in Oregon, not in oh, um, not in Mecca. Mecca or, yeah. yeah. So or, or New Zealand yeah. or Afghanistan, which is where yeah. the other two places he birth was. Living in Los Angeles, uh, Trevino was a 22-year-old native of Mexico, also living in LA. Both provide. This is important because his race changes with yeah. each, with the draft card and each marriage certificate. This yeah. time, this time, both provided their race as Spanish. Now he'd said he was born in Oregon on this marriage certificate, but that he was he was Spanish, and he claimed this time that there's that he provided names for parents. This time, his parents were Zaradod and Babji. And they were natives of Madrid. Apparently. I feel a little bit like Marla Singer in Fight Club confronting um, Edward Norton. What's your name? Travis. Yeah. Cornelius, Rupert, any of the stupid Rupert. names you give yourself at night? They're all names of characters in De Niro films. Yes, they? they are. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like our man just keeps Wallace just keeps jumping around, yeah. changing his name, so, not really settling. This feels, I feel like this is kind of similar territory to like somebody else. I can't remember who, but like they just keep jumping around, changing their names. Well, like you were saying, that fella earlier who, who went and fucking started the movies. It just seems like really odd that he's like, oh, I'm just gonna get married, change my fucking name, gonna move, yes. change my fucking name again. There doesn't seem to be so, any reason. There was a declassified FBI memo. Dated May the 16th, 1957, that says, From a review of Instant File, it does not appear that there has been a concerted effort to locate and fully identify W.D. Fard. <laughs> in as much as Elijah Muhammad recognises W.D. Fard as being... More on Elijah in, in, in a bit, by the way. 
okay. as much as Elijah Muhammad recognises W.D. Fard as being Allah and claims that Fard is the source of all his teachings, it is suggested that an exhaustive effort uh, be made fully to identify and locate W.D. Fard and all members of his family. So they were looking for him. Oh, shit. Wow, the FBI okay. took note of the article written by Bainan, who I, which I quoted mm-hmm. earlier, and it conducted a search for Fard using various aliases using the name Ford. This provided two Fords of interest. The Wally D. Ford of California, who'd been arrested by Los Angeles police in 1918 on charge of assault with a deadly weapon, and prominent movie actor Wallace Ford. No, which it was not him. (laughs) But he was born in February 1898, which was when one of the things... He was an English-born, naturalised American vaudevillian stage uh, actor. Oh, uh, oh! So flimflam ah, man. Classic. He played wisecracking characters. He combined tough but friendly face demeanour with a small but powerful stocky physique. He was born in Bolton, Lancashire. Yeah. Um, Why didn't they ask any of his various wives that he married where he may have been? <laughs> What's the yeah, truth? Like, yeah, spill the tea, girl. Where is your husband at? <laughs> what, like, where did they not find them? Did they? Did, could they not track these people? I guess not. I guess they didn't. Um, I guess like if I mean like the names exist on pieces of paper. They also can't find the guy. Well, yeah, I suppose so. They might. Yeah. That, this whole thing might have all been falsified. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So then there's Wallace Ford, and then there's Wally D. Ford, who'd been arrested. But to answer your question, Masood, on October the seventeenth, nineteen fifty-seven, the FBI located, found, and interviewed. Hazel Barton Ford. Oh, shit. Wow. Hazel Barton Ford was the, not the first wife, the the second wife. When he moved to Los Angeles. And and when he was saying that he was born in New Zealand in 1893, Hazel D. Ford was the one he was married to then. Okay. They'd had a son together named Wallace Dodd Ford, born on September the 1st, 1920. And she gave a description of Wally Ford, the man they were looking for, described him as a Caucasian New Zealander. Now, if you remember, he did he say was, that's where oh, he was shit. born when yeah. he was married yeah. to her. The FBI's search for him was officially closed the following year in 1958. Immigration records did not match any of his aliases. So his true identity to this day remains unknown. This is crazy. In, in but there is strong evidence that the Nation of Islam founder Wallace D. Fard was the same man as you... Wallace Dodford, who was an inmate in San Quentin Prison. Okay. Mm. According to a PhD candidate at the University of Denver's uh, School of Theology, fingerprints and photographs taken from San Quentin Prison match those involved with Fard during the 1930s in Detroit because Fard was arrested again on January the 20th, 1926, for violation of the California Wool Wine Possession Act. Well, you don't mm. have wine. And on February the 15th, 1926, for violation of the State Poison Act. And he was sentenced to six. He was sentenced to six months to six years at San Quentin. According to the according to the prison records, the San Quentin prison records, Wally D. Ford was born in Oregon, which you remember. Yeah. February the twenty fifth, one day out, right, eighteen ninety one, which is a different mm-hmm. year. And apparently he was Caucasian, but the son of parents born in Hawaii. And then the following year, from nineteen fifty, so nineteen fifty nine by now, the FBI they sent a story to uh, a Chicago newspaper. The FBI sent this, mm. stating that he, Fard, was a Turkish-born Nazi agent who worked for Hitler in World War Two. What? Oh. According to this story by the FBI, Fard was a Muslim from Turkey who had come to the United States in the early 1900s. He'd met Mohammed in uh, prison, where the two 
plotted a conference game in which followers were charged a fee to become Muslims after that story was published. Uh, Mohammed, by the way, I think they're referring to Elijah, who we're getting on to in yeah. a minute. Gotcha. After the story was published, Elijah and Malcolm X subsequently charged black media outlets, which reprinted the accusation in large numbers with running the story without requesting a response from the Nation of Islam. So after that story was published, Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X denounced it. Okay, right. Mm. Because by this point, remember, Malcolm X was a member of the Nation yes. of Islam. The poison that I think is like is that possession or sale of poison. So he either had some or was mm-hmm. looking to sell it, along with some names. There you go. I'll give you a name. <laughs> you know, you get a bit of poison as well. It's just a deal I'm running. So you get half, half <laughs> off the poison if you buy a name. Yeah. So Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad. They said that, that story was put out to kind of besmirch yeah, the nation the, of Islam. Yeah. Okay. The uh, Los Angeles Evening Herald, the FBI told them that Fard was actually this Wallace Dodd Ford. And the paper published the story in an article in 1963 with the headline, Black Muslim Founder Exposed as White. Yeah, oh. that's, I mean, that, that's a headline and a half right there. Yeah. Like, I mean, we lost our shit when that woman, you know, that woman, the <laughs> ginger. Started identifying as black. black. Yeah, and everyone's like, ooh. Uh, oh yeah i'm transracial <laughs> yeah uh, yeah uh, did you see the documentary about her no i mean she's interviewed in it's very fascinating like she has big issues mm. like, she has huge problems um and she's probably the least uh damaging of these people who've posed as another yes. race mm. um but because she was first she's always the rachel dolezal she's always held up as the i mean what she did was so wrong but she she genuinely does believe that she is a black mm-hmm. woman. She's like, no, I really... It wasn't just to get ahead. Um, and it's like, she needs help. Uh, she, I mean, she's not like fucking... <laughs> this, these women who've like just got bad tans and go, uh, well, I, yeah, I, I think oh. I'm black. Have you heard about... Do you know that Sean King guy? No. Who, I think he had a lot to do with BLM and... Uh, he's raised a lot of money for um, like black movements and no one knows where the money's quite gone. Oh. And then it turns out this guy is white. And he said, no, 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 because my mum had an affair with a light skinned black man. Mm. And it's like, mate, he basically threw his dead mum under the bus by saying, yeah, she cheated on my white dad. That's ridiculous. Like this guy like perms his hair and everything oh, to make him and then keeps it really close cut. And you go, oh shit! It's just a white guy. That's he's he's a he's probably the worst one. <sighs> There's something about the white psyche, isn't there? Which is like mm. it, it's desperate for oppression because yes, whites weren't persecuted as as well, a race. Well, no. I mean, I just like just and then, the idea of her going like, oh, I, I didn't I didn't turn black to get ahead. It's like you picked the wrong one if you're trying to get ahead. Really, like stick with stick with being stick with being white. You'll definitely get ahead. There's no reason. Yeah, it's so strange. Like Rachel Dolezal, I think as far as I can remember this documentary, she it's a position the position she's mm. in. It wouldn't have been like the end of the world if she was white holding right, that position. Yeah. And I, I can't actually remember the position she's in. Like she genuinely does think, no, no, I'm black. Right. I'm black. I've transitioned to black. And it's like you're just a bit nuts. I yeah. Think. She had a terrible, terrible childhood with white parents. And so you're like that. Who adopted yeah. loads of black kids. Oh, okay. So she thought of herself as one of her um, adopted brothers and sisters. But yeah, she's still wrong and still shit what she did. But it's funny that she's the first one of this yeah. group of people who get uncovered for faking their race. So she's always held up as the example. Ah, well, in which case then, do you think this guy 
was white pretending to be? I think hmm. it's a very it's a old one. Yes, much easier to get away with in those yes. days. Yes. Yeah. Another FBI memo in 1963 said, in connection with efforts to disrupt and curb the growth of the Nation of Islam, extensive research has been conducted into various files maintained by this office. Uh, so yeah, that was when they published. They sent it through the story to the Los Angeles Evening Herald, and they published the article: Black Muslim Founder mm. Exposed as White. And then um, later that year, another FBI memo said that the FBI had not been able to verify the birth date or birthplace of him, and that he was last heard from in 1934, which is why he's officially vanished. Yes, from 1934. Okay. okay. So born, God knows when. Yeah. Vanished. Died. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah. Um, the Nation of Islam, obviously, they refute that Fard and this Wallace Ford are the same person. Mm. Um, right. And then Carl Evans has, <laughs> uh, has written a book about it called The Messenger, and he theorizes that Fard was the son of a Pakistani Muslim, mm -hmm. which is based on theory on several clues, which might be vague, but one of them is he spent time with a movement that was prominent in Pakistan and used translations of the Quran from Pakistani oh, people. to for his... Uh, interviews with long-time Nation of Islam figures who met him and saw original photos of him, such as Ozaya Muhammad, Rodnell Collins, who's the nephew of Malcolm X, by the way, mm. and Wilfred Little, they indicate that he has Pakistani features. That icks me a little bit, to uh, sort of just look at the photograph yeah. and be like, well, he looks Pakistani. Yeah, that's... <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then there are early teachings from Fard, indicating that he had a distrust and disdain for Hinduism, which, you know, if he was... I mean, it, was the, it wasn't then divided, so if it was East India, mm -hmm. like, it eventually did become divided, and Pakistan was given as the country to the Muslims. Yes, so, yeah. Right. Um, uh, there's a whole book from 2019 called Finding W.D. Fard, Unveiling the Identity of the Founder of the Nation of Islam, and the author of that, called John Andrew Morrow, uh, he says that the people who actually met him and the scholars who studied him have suggested that he was variously... African-American, Syrian Arab, Lebanese, uh, Algerian, Moroccan, uh, Saudi Arabian, Turkish, uh, Afghani, or Indo-Pakistani, Greek. Huh. Like, yeah, it could have been anything. Uh, yeah. yeah, so this guy, a mystery. I think his mm. his appearance and no record and disappearance obviously lends very highly to the sort of mythology of who the hell was he, which is why we're covering him. I th in the... I re I reckon he was probably some dude. No, I reckon he was. He was. I don't know if he was <laughs> white. I reckon he might have been. I think, like you're saying, probably Middle Eastern. But I I wouldn't be able to. I, it's hard to tell from that photo as well because we saw the photo and I was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to. And it's an old, like an old thirties black and white photo, yeah. maybe earlier than thirties. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it feels like I'm gonna say Middle East because that's like the not easy, but like that's the that's like a pretty fairly he can kind of move anywhere within that and. You know, we could throw a dart at that right. Area. One of those yeah. things where it's like you could pass for a number yeah. of different, and especially because so many people right. are confusing him for different ones, and also perhaps not being aware of the differences in mm. any of those places. So mm -hmm. they're just going like, "Oh, well, he was this and he was that," perhaps not actually knowing right. exactly. It's like people, yeah. like people. I mean, people still do it with me, where they're like, "Oh, so you're?" I mean, a lot of people say because they just see my name, they're like, "Oh, so you're." Um, 
I had it the other day. I think you're Indian they, guy. Like, what was it? I was at um, I was at the uh, optometrist, and they're like, uh, the guy's like, Ah, Masood, you're Iranian. I'm like, uh, Iranian. No, <laughs> no. no sir, nope. no. And like that happens quite a lot, and I and I never know what to say because like obviously it's not you know mm-hmm. it's, it's, I have a problem with that, but I'm just like, but I'm but I'm not mm. that. <laughs> so I'm like, how do right, I gotcha. how do I say it without being like, no, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, no, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a dick about it and get up and I'll do it. You wouldn't be big a dick if you just punched yeah, yeah. him. I'm not actually. Masood just punched him. I just him. punched some D because he said I was. Did you just punch your optometrist? Yeah, I did. Straight in the face. Um, I didn't know. Kiss her. Now you can't see. Now you smart ass. Um, so yeah, I, th- I, my thing, inkling is that he's definitely Middle Eastern and, and because of the lack of knowledge from anyone else. They can't really pinpoint him. Uh, that's what I reckon. But his, as to his birth... It's a curiosity, I mean, isn't it? that's another thing, too. Obviously, if he's born from... If he's not, you know, in American records, then it's mm. fucking hard to um, pinpoint him. Ooh. Yeah, so he disappeared from public record in 1934. And at that point, a, a man named Elijah Muhammad took over the Nation of Islam and ran it until 1975, when he died at the mm. age of 77. Mm. <laughs> So right. say, and he ran it into the ground. I mean, it was... <laughs> ran it into well, the ground, mate. He was not um, a businessman. <laughs> eventually, eventually, he fell out with uh, Malcolm X. Yes. Because rumours were circulating amongst the Nation of Islam members that Elijah Muhammad was having extramarital affairs with young secretaries from the Nation of Islam. And that would okay. constitute a, a huge violation mm. of what he was uh, teaching. The... Malcolm X publicly accused Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad, of having eight children with six different teenage girls. Whoa! Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, it feels very. That's... Malcolm X for, at first didn't believe the rumors, mm. but he mm-hmm. came to believe them after he spoke with. And you're not going to believe what Elijah Muhammad called his son, Wallace. Wallace, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, so he spoke with Wallace, uh, uh, Muhammad's son Wallace, and the women yeah. making the accusations, and then he confirmed the rumors in 1963. Uh, but Malcolm X ended up falling out with the Nation of Islam in general. He fell out of favour a little bit because... Um, oh, right. That's in... I think that's in the uh, uh, Spike oh, Lee right. movie. Do you know why? <laughs> I don't... I, didn't, I just watched <laughs> <it>. <laughs> do, do you know why he fell out with the... the uh, oh, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. I, I have um, seen yeah. this film, obviously. It's but... to do with JFK. Oh! oh. On December the 1st, 1963... Malcolm X was asked for a comment about JFK's assassination and he said it was a case of chickens coming home to roost. Oh, <gasps> yes. And he added that chickens right. coming home to roost never did make me sad, they've always made me glad. Ah. Uh, yes. And that like, was a public outcry. And then the Nation of Islam had already sent a message of condolence to the Kennedy family and had ordered its ministers not to comment on the assassination, had to like reprimand Malcolm X publicly. Yeah. I see. Well, well, well. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, yeah. And eventually Malcolm X left the Nation of Islam in 1964 to form his own religious organisation. Yeah. And, obviously, after dealing with death threats and attempts on his life for a year, he was eventually assassinated, Malcolm mm. X. Yeah, of course, yeah. And a lot of people suspect that the Nation of Islam was actually responsible for it, and not white supremacists. Yeah, I mean, mm. it's... Yeah. Oh, that's a tricky one, because... It is, yeah. that, that, I mean, that's... White people are black. <laughs> maybe we'll do Malcolm... <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do Malcolm X later, right. when we get to the 60s. It's such a... But... Fa- his life was so... Oh, it was so mad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. when I read the, the book, I was like, holy shit. There's this mm. bunch of stuff. I was like, what? 
That's interesting. That the thing of like him, uh, your man Elijah, having all these extramarital affairs because that is very mm. common in any large religious. Oh yeah, and they just they're just out there getting getting it's, it on. Yeah, religious leaders they, they want to love getting it. Yeah. Love getting it. Love. They think the chicks love their D, but they don't because they're just power. Because they're rock stars, yeah. aren't they? They're they're like rock stars in their own right, and they think. I want to bone a load yeah. of chicks. You look at, I mean, it's basically also why like most of their followers will come along for the ride. They'll be like, so this nerd's burning, boning chicks. I mm. want to bone chicks too. I'm a nerd. Yeah. I better join these nerds. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. I'm desperate for, for bone, for bone zoning. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Start a religion called the bone zone. That's it. <laughs> That's all they do. Take a journey to the bone zone. I find this quite interesting actually. Yeah. But we'll do it now while we're covering it, rather than because if we get to the '60s and just did bits that happened in the '60s, our series would be very bitter. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, because uh, Elijah Muhammad had pro-separation views, mm-hmm. it meant, in a way, that his views were compatible with white supremacists oh, <laughs> because oh. they also wanted pro-separation yeah, right. as well. So he met mm. with the he met with the leaders of the KKK in 1961. Oh, so it's weird when shit like this That's happens. To work odd. towards purchasing farmland in the deep south. Okay. Yeah. So for more than 10 years, the black guy Elijah Muhammad yeah. received major financial support from white supremacist oil baron H.L. Hunt. What? Because of Elijah Muhammad's belief in racial separation from whites. Okay. God. Well, and they struck a deal. They're like... Yeah. And that money helped Elijah to buy low, like opulent homes for himself and family and to establish overseas bank accounts. Oh, oh it's so shit, this kind of thing. Because then it becomes like, oh, you didn't believe anything. It's kind of like Hitler being friends with a Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. It's like, oh, actually, yeah. you, you just... Your main belief was your own Absolutely. power. Absolutely, yeah. As much... It's- not that I was like, no, Hitler, you should be really homophobic. <laughs> no. um, but it's like your belief is your own power. That's your highest thing you hold in highest mm. regard. And get this. The founder of the American Nazi Party was called George mm. Lincoln Rockwell. Right. At the 1962 Saviour's Day celebration. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Rockwell addressed the nation of Islam <gasps> members. Oh. Hey, guys, I bet you think it's pretty weird me being here. <laughs> <laughs> Record yeah. scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> My name's George Lincoln Rockwell. That's pretty much where we are with the Nation of Islam. Wow. The reason that uh, we did it was because, yeah, Wallace Fard Muhammad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is he? Where'd he come from? And where did he go? Disappeared, yeah. We haven't had a disappearance in quite a while. Like, as in, like, we've not covered one for some time. Yeah, just like one where just part me. Part of me wonders, actually, whether or not. And this is a theory that you can either discredit. And the fact is that because the name is so sort of easily changed, Fard can become Ford. And. Obviously, Muhammad is a very common name in in in, yeah. in, in Islam. Mm-hmm. So many different people could crop up, and they could all be different people. And yeah. this 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 particular Wallace Fard Muhammad uh, W. Yeah, what did he call himself? W. Like, w. D. Fard. Yeah, W. D. Fard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All of these different like aliases. He could have. He could just be a fake man that was made up to start this organization oh, that's crazy oh, uh, yeah. so i'm not saying elijah muhammad did it completely but he could have he could have sort of like put made this sort of like fake figurehead yeah who could vanish and, and become he just a kind had a of stock photo of a man who could become like a messianic figure for this new burgeoning religion yeah that he's setting up yes 
And then he hence, could take over from that. Oh. Hence, um, oh, the only surviving people. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the FBI can't find him. It's like it's yeah. like good old um, fucking Liam Neeson yeah. and Batman Begins. Ra's <laughs> It's like, is he actually <laughs> Ra's Or is he just fucking... Is he immortal or is he just like, does he just fake it and people fucking think he's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty clever. To be honest, that's quite clever. I mean, uh. So what if this guy, the this this particular Wallace Fard Mohammed, mm-hmm. never existed? Because that would be like the ultimate mm. joke is that he names his son Wallace and he's like, ah, he never actually existed. Fuck it. Yeah. He's sort of like Michael Jackson smiling at the end of Thriller. <laughs> he just like, just turns around like, yeah. ah. <laughs> but like yeah no totally i mean i think i actually quite like that theory a lot that he just they they needed somebody and it would make sense with the trail you know of, of all those other people all those other names you know you need to, there are of all different nationalities yeah you need to have a legit pool of people you can pull from if you're gonna sort of have a name or a figurehead and you can just go right okay we've got about seven aliases or however many it was one of these guys mm. is gonna, and then if he fucking takes the heat, we've got this other guy. Can, yeah. Uh... And like when the membership was only two hundred, mm. by the time it's grown to eight thousand, it's already going from word of mouth. And by that point, this guy supposedly was taking a back seat anyway, and only yeah. appearing very occasionally. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a bit far fetched, but it's it would explain why he just vanishes without trace, yeah. and no one knows where he came from. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, that that would be, and especially if you're going to do that, like, yeah, you wouldn't, it's like putting your, you know, you don't put your actual name down if you're going to, like, some, okay, this is some, this is a leap. Mm-hmm. I knew someone who worked in the adult industry, and they told me that you don't use your actual name for tax reasons, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Really? Yeah, yeah. So the way a lot of them, because oh. it's a business, it's a business name, and your business, you tax the business. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, so I guess okay. it's sort of like that. That could be another reason. They're like, right, well. It all falls on his shoulders, you know. I'm not the one putting my actual name uh-huh. to it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Know. Um, do I really think that happened? It's far fetched, but cool story if it did. Mm. It is cool. It, I think it's. I think it's. I'd, cool I'd like it there. to be that. I think if we make the movie, I yeah, think. it's one of those where it's like, oh, I, I like, I like the sound of that, so I choose to mm. believe it, which is very apt yeah. for what we've just been talking about. Yes. Well, that is our thing. And if we make, if we make <laughs> yeah. the movie of it, of course, it'll be all white cast. Um, no. I'll play him. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm writing it down with your name next to W.D. Fard. W.D. Fard. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking cool story. I like that. That was... Uh, yeah, mm. very cool. Um, I know I said the year that he vanished, uh, which is the year I'm taking it to put it here in the series. So it's 1934. Mm-hmm. So we're still in the 30s. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. Still in the 30s. Hey, wonder what them Nazis are yeah, doing. Yeah, let's, let's have a little peek over at, uh, let's have a little peek over the fence there. What are they, what have you guys been doing? What have the bad boys been doing? The Night of the Long Knives has just happened, which we covered, uh, which we covered last week. Yeah. And then plenty, plenty more to happen, plenty I, more. I believe. Right. Well, you check your history books lately, but uh, lots. Bloody lots mm. to happen. Well, thanks so much, Chris. You can find us on all of the usual places. You can find us on Twitter at Mr. on the Rocks, spelt R-O-X, because there's not enough characters for your name. Um, you can uh, <laughs> Twitter. You can also find us on Instagram, although I don't know who still uses that. Oh, you can find us on Patreon. 
Um, Yay! Yes, which Suze Patreon.com forward slash mystery on the rocks. We've already spoken about it, I think. Yes, we have. Uh, Suze mentioned yeah. it at the top. But that's it. I like the t-shirt. It's soft. It's good quality. It's not that shitty poly blend. No, it is good. It's good soft. Yeah. That is one of my yeah. favorite qualities in a shirt. Is it when it's soft? Good soft stretchy yes. cotton. Yeah. Um. Mm. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Nice. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.